0: Please open your Bibles with me again to the New Testament, to the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 22, and we'll read the verses 1 through 14. And as we read these verses, please bear in mind that what we're reading will also comprise our text for this hour. The verses 1 through 14 we'll read, but the verses 1 through 13 are the words of our text. Hear then God's holy and inspired word. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again, He sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized the servants, treated them spitefully, And kill them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. So far then, the reading of God's Word and the reading of our text passage. Creation of the Lord Jesus Christ, June and July are traditionally wedding months. But here we are in January. Well, January is a good time for us to discuss weddings. If you're planning a wedding, it's a good time to start in January to discuss it and to discuss particularly wedding invitations. Now, as you know, wedding invitations are usually sent sometimes a few weeks, sometimes months before the wedding. And they are usually made up by the bride and bridegroom, or by both of them together. This hour, however, I want to speak to you about wedding invitations. We need to talk about wedding invitations. But this hour, I want to speak to you about wedding invitations that are sent out not by the bride or by the bridegroom, but actually by the father of the bridegroom, and in the case of our text passage, by a king, by a king. Now, we read our text passage as follows, that a certain king arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. Now, in view of this wedding and the invitations to this wedding, Jesus has something to teach us by by way of the parable of the royal wedding. That's what it's called. And in connection with this particular parable, I would like to consider with you then especially the invitations to this royal wedding. And so, that's what we have as our theme then, invitations to this royal wedding. Three points. One, rejected. Number two, accepted. Number three, misread. So, first, we will then consider the invitations to the royal wedding as they are rejected. Now, congregation, Jesus says here in our text passage that the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. And so, we are talking about a royal wedding, aren't we? And in preparation for this particular occasion, the wedding invitations go out. Typically, for those days, servants would go out throughout the land with the message from the king, see, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready, come to the wedding, come, three times, so we can gather from our text passage anyway, no less than three times those wedding invitations have gone out, now That in itself is quite unusual, isn't it? In our times, the wedding invitations come to you only once. Now, you might get the prospective bride or bridegroom to whisper in your ear, you're coming too, aren't you? But nevertheless, generally speaking, you get the invitation only once. But not so in the kingdom of heaven. The invitations apparently go out again and again and again. Come to the wedding. Come, you are invited. Come, all things are ready. But now look at what happens. The invitations, along with the servants, are rejected. And what an insult this must be to the king who has sent out all of those invitations... I cannot help but hear a note of sadness in the words of Jesus when he said, But they made light of it. Just imagine this for a moment. How would you like it if, with great enthusiasm and with bubbling excitement, you have sent out your wedding invitations to your friends and to your relatives, but no one responds? In fact, they make light of it and say, Hey, who cares? They reject your invitations. How would you feel? Now, this is one thing that the Lord Jesus wants to teach us already at this point in this parable namely, the tragedy, the sadness of rejected invitations. In this parable, God the Father is portrayed as the King who has sent out the invitations come to the wedding. His son, as you know, is Jesus Christ. And he's going to be married to his bride. But the father's invitations are rejected. And not just once, but as I indicated already, at least three times. Now you might get to hear the same type of sadness in the voice of God himself. When he says, for instance, in Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 18, Oh, that you had heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Or you can hear that kind, of, that kind of sadness in the voice of Psalmist Psalm 81. Hear, O my people, and I will admonish you, O Israel, if you will listen to me. Oh, that my people would listen to me, but my people would not heed my voice and Israel would have none of me. Sadness in the voice of God Himself, you see. Sadness on God's part. Why? Because the wedding invitations are rejected. Now notice too yet how those invitations are rejected, or rather how they are formulated. It says of some and they were not willing to come. That was one way of rejecting they were not willing to come of others that they made light of it and went their ways one to his own farm another one to his business verse 5 and then the third group yet who seized his servants who had gone out with the invitations treated them spitefully and killed them verse 6 now with this first group of rejecters it is as, as if the invitation did not even reach them. There seems to be no hint at all of response from them. They just did not want to come. That was all there was to it. They didn't want to come. You see, they are like those who are neither cold nor hot. Gospel preachers can talk till they are blue in the face. They can extend the most passionate invitations but the word of God is like a dead letter to them and they treat it like some sort of junk mail now this is then the first group of rejectors, and there are people I hope and pray that there is none who responds to the invitations in this way as, as junk mail the third group of rejectors acts rather violently They took the servants of the king, so we are told, and mistreated them, even killing some of them. Obviously, they hated what they heard from those invitations, and they took their hatred out on the servants. Now, such a thing, of course, can be seen, particularly during times of persecution. We prayed about that as well. When servants of the Lord are mistreated, when they are being tortured or even put to death, for expressing the gospel invitations. And again, we hope and pray that this will never become your and my experience, but nevertheless, it could come to that point as well someday. May the gospel invitations therefore go out, also here in the congregation today, and may it always be met with joy and with a positive response for young, from young and from old. But now you've noticed that I have not said anything yet about this second group yet. How have they responded to those wedding invitations? Well, we read that they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm and another to his business. Now let's picture that for a moment. The king's servants with uh, the wedding invitations in his hand earnestly, excitedly urgently addresses a group of people who pause for a while they pause their activities for a while and they take some time to listen to what this fellow has to say to them and when he is done this group disperses leaves without a word each man going his own way As if nothing has happened. The invitation has therefore been made light of. Or as you could also translate it this way, it was disregarded. Similar to what you read in in Hebrews 2 verse 8, there it speaks of neglect in the sentence, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Disregard, neglect, they made light of it. Same meaning. And I trust you understand the meaning, therefore. The king's servants, they had declared the invitation to the people. The people have have listened to it, and they have heard it, and they made light of it. They disregarded it. They neglected it. The people leave as they had come, and they made light of it. They ignored it. They neglected it. In other words, they remained indifferent to what they had just heard. And so they also returned to their usual place uh, and to the usual order of the day in their life. And the reason for such a response is that the people are totally absorbed by this world's goods, as the Lord Jesus makes that clear. They're caught up in the idea that that this world's goods require their first and their best attention. And so we read. And they went their way, one to his own farm. No doubt with the mentality of, why bother with this wedding invitation presently? I have my own farm. This is my delight. And then we read another to his business. Or, as you could also read it as well, each man back to the delights of buying and selling with a hopeful margin of profit. The wedding invitations? What wedding invitations? I've forgotten all about it already. Now, where might this group, this second group of rejectors, be found? In church gatherings in church gatherings. You may then be hearing the gospel invitation. You are then polite enough to stop long enough from your regular activities and give an ear to what is being said from the pulpit. You will not stand in the way of those gospel invitations from being proclaimed, of course not. But by the same token, you go home again afterwards back to your farm or back to your business. No, it's true, you you will not mistreat the invitation or you will not treat the invitation as a bit of junk mail, neither will you mistreat the servants who have brought that invitation either. But you make light of the invitation, you have not regarded it necessary to respond to it properly. Now, congregation, it is possible that some of this second group of invitation rejectors may also be amongst us or amongst the listeners today. I hope and pray that that is not the case, however, whatsoever. But I must say that, no, you are not the first group that treats the invitation as junk mail. We're thankful for that. Neither are you like the third group who treats the invitation as something to be hated and that you mistreat God's servants with violence. But you are more in the line of that second group of invitation rejectors who seem to be just too busy with life to consider this call and this invitation. Now, please understand this that such a lack of response could very well ruin your chances of salvation and could ruin the possibility of eternal life and eternal joy. Therefore, consider those gospel invitations. Be on your way to respond positively. How? Through repentance sin through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and to this eventual royal wedding. Take it seriously. Please take it seriously. Because the invitation is sincere and it is well-meaning. Well now, let's consider in the second place the acceptance of the wedding invitations. Notice first that God does not easily give up In fact, he does not give up at all. After all, he said, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. And then we read that that the servants go out again with the invitation, and now they go into the highways, and as many as they find, both bad and good, they invite. And this time, the invitations are accepted. They are taken as the truth. No junk mail treatment from them. No response of violence this time either. There is no talk of, man, I'm just too busy. But there is the acceptance of the invitations so that we can read at the end of verse 10, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. There is acceptance of the invitation this time. And notice this. The acceptance comes from the bad and the good, the good and the bad. And we must probably understand this of speaking like little sinners and big sinners, according to human standards of judgment. And so, whether they are good or bad, whether they are little sinners or big sinners, one thing can be said for them, they have responded positively to the invitation and they have come and having come they have also submitted themselves to the ways of the king all of them except one who happens to show up without a wedding garment and i'll speak of that in a few moments otherwise all of them have submitted themselves to the ways of the king they have heard the invitation They've responded positively to the invitation and they have accepted the invitation and they have put on the wedding garment and they are welcomed as guests of the wedding. Now, congregation, by now I trust you will understand that with this parable about the invitations to the royal wedding, it is the Lord Jesus, after all, who points to the invitation and call to salvation. Remember first and foremost that God has prepared all things. The sacrifice has been killed. All things are ready, so we are told. And the invitations go out. There's a positive response. That's a good start. A good start. Perhaps you are a small sinner or a big sinner. But God has prepared a great salvation for you, which will unite you to Christ the Bridegroom. God has prepared all things. This means that God has first and foremost prepared His one and only Son, His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to accomplish this work of salvation. And even when it required the sacrifice and death of His Son, so be it, so be it. God wanted a wedding He wanted a royal wedding to which sinners, both good and bad, could be invited and ultimately become the bride of Christ. And when God says, all things are ready, He means that nothing needs to be done anymore. When the Son of God, Jesus Christ, hung on the cross of Golgotha, dear people, and moments before His death cried out, It is finished. He basically repeated what the king said here in this parable. All things are ready. And when Jesus Christ bowed his head and breathed his last, the doors of the wedding hall, as it were, swung widely open. And that for all to see that the oxen and the fatted cattle are killed, that food and nourishment, drink and refreshment is there, standing ready to be received. The wedding is ready. And the servants of the king, they go out again and again, and they keep on inviting and calling and bidding. And if they meet up with rejectors who ignore them or listlessly listen to them or who mistreat and abuse them, They are not to be discouraged. They are not to give up. The king sends them out again and again. And if they cannot get any response from those in those regular places, well, they are to go into the highways. That is, they are to go into the crossroads of this world. And it's from there that they then invite the good and the bad and point them to the wedding hall, With the open doors and bid them to enter because the place must be filled. The kingdom of heaven, dear people, is open to good people. Now you might ask, well, what does that mean? Well, it means that God bids you to come to Him not because you outwardly have lived a blameless life, humanly speaking. Not because the world cannot complain about you. Not because the church cannot complain about you. Well, now you say, doesn't my goodness mean something? Doesn't this tell me that that I'm in the kingdom of God already because I am good? Listen. You are invited and you are bidden to come to God because of who God is. And what God has prepared. Remember this, that your good life and your good works are not your ticket to the kingdom of heaven. When God says, I have prepared this, it would be a great insult to God if you would then say, But God, I have done a little bit too, haven't I? Your self-made goodness, you see, and your good works are therefore not your ticket into the kingdom of heaven. It is faith, faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ alone that can be your ticket to heaven. Then we read that the kingdom of heaven is also open to bad people. Well, what does that mean? This means that God bids you to come to Him no matter how bad your reputation is. You may be bad even according to the standards of this world. You may be bad in terms of reputation in the church or your relationships in the church. You may even be bad in your own eyes. You might very well be like those people who are... Described here as rejectors of invitations and biddings. Rejectors because you couldn't care less at one time. Rejectors because too many times you had too much else on the go. Rejectors because you just did not like what you heard and you ran away from it all. But God says to you this hour, by way of this particular parable, that you are bidden to come to Him. You are invited to join the life in the kingdom of heaven. And therefore, repent of your badness. Whatever badness that is, confess it to the Lord God. Lay it before the Lord Jesus Christ and say, here I am. And trust yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ to do with you, as I mentioned this morning, to do with you as He feels His best. The good and bad, therefore, receive the invitation. You may come to God By virtue of the gospel invitation. The wedding hall, so we're told, is filled with good and bad people. All because God has invited them. And so we read, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. Well, now you say, well, that's easy. All that counts is the invitation. But wait. The parable isn't finished yet as I must consider with you in the third place, invitations to the royal wedding misread. You see, there is one man in this parable who has misread the invitation. Let us read part of our text again, verses 11 and 12. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, Friend, friend, How did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Now, that requires some explanation, doesn't it? It was the custom at that time that all guests, good or bad, would be given a a wedding garment as they stood in the front porch of the wedding hall. Now apparently this one man felt that it wasn't necessary to put on one of those wedding garments and he sort of skirted around the whole group and he entered into the wedding hall. But he was caught by the sharp eye of the king no less who questioned him. What? No wedding garment? And so we are told he was speechless. He couldn't respond. He couldn't, couldn't answer. And the result of this man, well it was disastrous to say the least. He was bound hand and foot, taken away, cast into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In other words, he was thrown in hell. This man misread the invitation, did not think that a wedding garment would be necessary for this royal wedding feast. Well now, you might ask, well, what is meant then by this wedding garment? I believe that other Bible passages make this clear for us. Romans 13 and verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Or Galatians 3 verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And so the garment you and I need to be approved wedding guests is Jesus Christ Himself. His righteousness, His salvation, His blood bought redemption. And this is the wedding garment that we must wear as we enter into the wedding hall. Without Him and without His covering, we have misread the invitation. Without faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, dear people, you have no covering for your sin, and you would stand exposed to the condemnation that God will fire down upon you. And so, dear people, young and old, the gospel invitation is sincere, and it is well meant. When God Himself has a servant sent out, come, come to the wedding. Do not make light of it. Do not reject it because... You will do it to your own hurt. But come. And as you come, put on Jesus Christ. That means repent of your former life and trust yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in Him. Repentance and faith. The apostles preached it right on the day of Pentecost already. And we must continue to bring that message today. That means embrace Him. With your arms of faith, and you will be welcomed into the wedding hall. And so, dear brothers and sisters, you who have accepted the invitation, you have honored God's will to be dressed with the wedding garment, you are the bride of Christ. God the Father, the King, is so eager to have his son Jesus Christ wedded to his bride that he had the invitations go out again and again, not just for a few weeks, not just for a few months, but up to this date for thousands of years already, thousands of years. He just wants to make sure that the bride of Christ is prepared and complete and totally ready for this royal wedding That is to begin soon. And therefore, I address you this hour in closing. Your heavenly wedding date to Jesus, your bridegroom, is coming up. Perhaps very soon. Rejoice and be ready. In the meantime, in being ready, live like the bride of Christ already. Look forward to living with Him. Express your longings about Him and for Him in prayer, but also to others who will hear you. Be full of praise for Him, because He is worthy of all the praise that you could possibly give Him and more. Because one day you will see Him face to face, and He will embrace you even as you may embrace Him as Paul could speak of that day, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so, dear people, young and old, boys and girls, take this wedding invitation seriously. Yes, this is January. We can talk about it. Have you heard it? Do not ignore it. Do not make light of it. Respond to it. With faith, as we will also be able to sing it as well, O Royal Bride, give heed, and to my words attend, for Christ the King forsake the world and every former friend. Amen.